Uh, let me turn that up a little bit. Oh, we are ready to go. No Hope Radio. Thank you for joining me today. Wrapping up the week. Oh, man, we got the Word of God. Got the Word of God today, and that's why we're here on New Hope Radio, because we want to learn about our God, learn about our Creator, learn about the one behind it all. Thank you for joining me today on the radio, AMFM, WARV, New Hope Radio, Facebook, and YouTube. Welcome aboard. Linda's already on. Checking in. Everybody's checking in. Janine's checking in. Dick is checking in. All right. If I miss any names, I'm sorry. Sometimes they, they come in so quick, I can't keep up. But I thank you guys for joining me. Doreen, checking in. Okay. That's good. Okay. Check that out. Well, we're in a series. It's a good series, and today's an extra special good message. Because we're talking about people that Jesus met. And each person that he met revealed a particular attribute of the Lord, a special attribute. And today we're going to see that Jesus is going to meet a guy, oh, he's got a lot of problems. I call him the man with a thousand problems. And uh, Jesus is going to show us that he's got the power to deliver. And if you've got problems, I don't care if it's one or a thousand, I want you to know today, he's got the power to deliver. All right, check a couple of things. There's a lot of stuff going on here in our semi-luxurious studio of New Hope Radio. A lot going on. i got to watch, got to monitor Social media, the music, the monitor screen, mixer, all this stuff. We need a crew in here. That's what we need. Cindy's on board. Thank you, Cindy, for joining us today. So let's get right at it. I'm sure many of you have come to realize that struggles, yeah, they're a part of this life. It's, it's part of being down here on planet Earth. And our struggles come in all aspects of life, physical relational, financial, emotional, even spiritual, behavioral, you name it, any aspect of who we are can experience some kind of struggle. So like I said, we're talking about people that Jesus met, and we find individuals with their own personal struggles. Remember we saw Zacchaeus. He was a social outcast. People didn't like him. Only other tax collectors. Yesterday we noted the disciples. They were consumed with their work. They were consumed with their work. And they were busy fishing. But Jesus came along and you know what he did? Oh yeah, he changed everything. Because you know what the point is? When you meet Jesus, everything changes. Oh, I could stop right there. When you meet Jesus, when you truly meet him, everything changes. Melissa is on board. Glad she's back with us as well. So today we're going to see another aspect of Jesus drawn out by a man. He had a thousand problems. He had a lot of struggles in his life. 
And again, here's what I want you to remember today. Jesus has the power to change lives. He certainly does. Anybody that gives their life to Jesus Christ can have their life changed. Now, if you don't want your life changed, eh, that's another story. But if you do, that's where you go. Okay, let's set the scene. Jesus and his disciples, they just crossed the Sea of Galilee. They encountered a great tempest, big storm. The disciples panicked, but Jesus got them through. It's always good to go through the storm with the Lord. Tammy's on board from sunny California. We had someone on yesterday from Malaysia. Shirley, from Malaysia. I wonder if she'll join us today. Wow, Malaysia, way out there. So we pick it up in Mark chapter 1. We find a man with some serious issues. There she is, Shirley, from Malaysia. Shirley, my phone's ringing. Okay. Shirley from Malaysia. Welcome aboard. If you're really from Malaysia, that's cool. If not, oh, we're being fooled. But I think she is. Shirley Voon. Hmm. So we find this guy. He's got some real issues. His struggles are certainly beyond his own ability to handle them. You ever been there? You have a trial or a struggle and it's like, man, bigger than you. Beyond your own ability to handle it. So here's what happened. Jesus and the disciples are in the boat. They came to the other side of the sea and they entered into the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Wow. This guy was in the tombs. He had an unclean spirit, which means that he had some, time, some type of demon activity going on inside of him. Wow. You know, sometimes troubles seem to come one after another, don't they? One after, you finish one, here comes another one. Well, this man... He lived among the tombs. No one could bind him. He was so strong, not even with a chain. Like I said, some struggles, they're beyond our human ability. He had often been bound with shackles and chains, but you know what he did? He broke the chains apart, and he broke the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue this guy. He had a terrible life. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out, cutting himself with stones. Here's a picture of somebody that's living a life so far from God. So far from God. Actually, without God. He's stuck in a rut, and he can't get out. He's scary to everybody else, but he probably feels hopeless in his own heart. He's hopeless. What's he going to do? He's stuck. He's got demon activity inside of him. He's living among the corpses. He's too strong to be controlled. He's in agony. He's in pain. And there's nothing he can do. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. Now, I want you to remember something. In this man, we're going to see, is 
a group of demons named Legion. Legion because there's so many of them. A legion is like about a thousand soldiers in a Roman army. So this guy's like, phew. And I want you to remember what James the Apostle said. You believe that God is one? Okay, that's good. But even the devils believe. So sometimes we can have, people might say they have faith, but they don't have the faith that saves. They believe in God. But devils believe in God. Satan believes in God. He was with him. He saw him. But Satan doesn't have saving faith. It takes saving faith to get you back with God. So this man, he's crying out with a loud voice. He said, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? He knows who Jesus is. He knows. He said, I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. He knew Jesus had the power. He knew Jesus was God. He didn't deny it. He didn't say, there's no God. He said, no, I know. I know who you are. And Jesus said to the man, Come out of him, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Talking to the spirit. He said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Oh, there's many of us in this guy. There's more than you can imagine. This guy was filled with demons. And he begged Jesus earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, what are demons? What are these creatures? They're disembodied spirits, and they seek bodies to indwell. So there was a herd of pigs nearby, and they asked Jesus to send them into the pigs. Now, Jesus accommodated them. Why? I don't know. There's a lot of things the Lord does I really don't understand. You know, even now, you know that Satan has access to God in heaven? It's like, why? I'm like, I'd throw that bum out. <laughs> but he can go. Now, in the middle of the tribulation, God's going to throw the bum out. And he's coming down to earth with great wrath. Oh, yeah. But right now, he has access to heaven. And you know what he does? He accuses the brethren day and night. Yeah, and Jesus stands up and he's our advocate. So he sent the demons into the pigs. And the pigs got all stirred up. They ran down the steep bank into the sea and they drowned. Now, this message is not to focus on legion. You know what it's to focus on? The power that Jesus has to change a life. That's what it's focusing on. Well, I want you to understand today that there is no problem that's greater than the power of God. There's none. So the herdsmen, the guys that owned the sheep, they went into town and they told the people what Jesus had done. And they came to Jesus and they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion. And you know what? He was sitting there clothed and unlike most people, he was in his right mind. <laughs> he was in his right mind. This man had three changes instantly in his life. Number one, he finally got to sit and rest. He hadn't rested in a long time. He was sitting and resting. Number two, he was clothed. 
Somebody gave him an outfit, and he put it on. And number three, he was in his right mind. He was thinking clearly. Now, you would think the people would be amazed at Jesus' power and that they would celebrate. You know, like when the, when the prodigal son came home, they celebrated, they threw a party. You would think that people would ask Jesus to stay with them, like those in Samaria. Remember when Jesus met the woman at the well and she went down and told the men in the town and they came up and discovered it was Jesus and they said, oh, stay with us a few days, and he did. But we have an unexpected outcome here. You know what happened in verse 15? They were afraid. <laughs> they were afraid of Jesus. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. I'm like, what? Jesus did this wonderful thing for this poor guy. And they want him to leave. They wanted Jesus to leave their land. You know, we have two categories of people here. Number one, a man, <clears throat> excuse me, a man who welcomed change in his life. Oh yeah, he welcomed change. He wanted change. He was looking for change, but he didn't know how to get it. Janine said, it's beautiful how God uses everyday people for his purposes. He does. And we're going to see how this guy, because of the change of his life, he wants to be used by God. That's, a good, that's how you know God's in your life. You want to be used by him. So this guy, he welcomed change in his life. But you know the other category of people? They enjoyed the status quo. They enjoyed the status quo so much that they were comfortable, uh-oh, here it comes, in their carnality. You see, it's believed that the herdsmen were Jewish. And that was taboo for Jews to have pigs. They don't eat pork. We don't want to eat pigs around here. But they were carnal. Con carnal comfortability leaves no room for Jesus. You mark that one down. Carnal comfortability leaves no room for Jesus. See, when people are comfortable in carnal, they don't need God. Why do, why do I want God when I'm already happy? I'm already comfortable. So I'm going to be comfortable without him. Well, I'm going to tell you why you want God. Because <laughs> you want a better life. It's not about being comfortable. It's about being fulfilled. There's a difference. Better to be fulfilled. Have your life matter, have meaning, have purpose. And of course, the assurance of spending eternity with God. Yet a person who welcomes life change, yeah, they're going to want to walk with Jesus. They will. As one man said, it's human not to want to have our comfort disturbed. It is divine to be willing to be disturbed that others may have more. See? It's human to want to rest in your status quo of comfort. But it's divine to want to come out of that to be a blessing to others. That's divine. That's God. 
That's God. Every missionary in the world has been disturbed. They've come out of their comfort and they've dedicated their life to others that others have may have more. Oh, their rewards are going to be great in heaven. When I see missionaries get rewarded in heaven, I'm going to be like, wow, that's beautiful. Look at that. They deserve it. They deserve it. They gave it all up. They deserve it. Wow. We're so happy for them. So in verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, okay, it seems over. He healed the guy. People came. We don't want you around here. Threw the demons into the pigs. Pigs jumped off the cliff. They all drowned. People said, Jesus, go. We don't want you. We don't need you here. So he's getting into the boat. And the man that was demon-possessed, and he was healed by Jesus, he begged him that he could go with him. He said, oh, man, I want to go with you. I want to be part of your team, man. Look what you did for me. It's like, you know what? When I read that story, it's like Jesus made that stop just to help that man. Because if, if you read it, that's all he did. They crossed the Sea of Galilee. They went through a storm. They land on the shore. This guy comes out full of demons. Jesus heals them. Then they get back in the boat and they leave. You know, they didn't go into town. They didn't buy bread. They didn't buy food. They didn't go to a movie. They got back in the boat, and they're going back. Jesus made that stop just to help that man and to show his power to deliver. I want you to know something today. You are not off Jesus' radar. You're not. Sometimes I hear Christians say, Oh, I don't know if God sees or hears or knows of course he does. I want to like, ch -ch -ch. of course he does. You're not off his radar. He knows it all. He's God. He sees it all. And he looks for those in whom he can demonstrate his power to deliver. Don't you worry. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose heart is toward him. God is looking. God knows everything about you. So let me ask you today, what is your tomb? What has you imprisoned? Is it a thought life? Is it a habit? Is it a preconceived notion? What is it about you or about your life that's got you in a prison. Kind of makes you feel like that guy that had a problem that was bigger than him. And he was in pain. He cut himself. When you cut yourself, you're in pain. It might be emotional pain. Spiritual pain. You're in so much pain, you add pain to yourself. That's pain. Here's what I want you to do today. I want you to identify what it is you would like the Lord to deliver you from. Maybe, maybe the deliverance hasn't come because you haven't gone to Jesus and you haven't asked him. Maybe you have and it's, it hasn't come yet. But keep knocking. Don't give up. Go to the Lord.
Whatever that is, that's between you and God. I don't know what it is. You know, there's a beautiful prayer in the book of Psalms. And this is one little verse, Psalm 70, verse 5. But I am afflicted and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help, my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? That's a prayer you can write down and you can pray. Psalm 70, verse 5. That's a good one to write down and tuck it in your Bible or put it in your pocket. Put it somewhere that you can retrieve it when you're not feeling that good and you're looking for some kind of relief, deliverance. And you take it out and read it and say, Oh, Lord, I'm afflicted. I'm needy. Oh, hasten to me, God. You are my help. You are my deliverer, oh, Lord. Don't delay. Watch God come. Oh, he will come to you. So this man, as Jesus is getting into the boat, the man that was healed, he says, I want to come with you. Oh, yeah, man, this is a winning team. I want to be on that team. And you know what Jesus said? You can't come with me. Wow. Doesn't Jesus want followers? Yeah. Why did he say you can't come with me? Because you know what he said? Go and tell everyone your story. He said in verse 19, go. Go home to your people. And report to them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he, had, how he has had mercy on you. See, Jesus wants them to go home and let the people see that he's okay. That he's been healed. Go to your people. Go to your family. Go to your friends. Your acquaintances. And tell them what the Lord has done. Because you know what? I'm there for all those people too. I'm there for them. I'm there for your family. I'm there for all your friends, your co-workers, your acquaintances. I'm there for everybody. Jesus is here for all people. Is that the coolest thing or what? He's here for all people. He died for the sins of the whole world. Not ours only, especially those who believe. Especially. So the man, you know what he did? He went away. He was obedient. And he began to proclaim in Decapolis, I guess that's where he lived, what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. They were like, wow. You know, Decapolis, you know what that is? It's a region of 10 cities. That means, oh, a lot of people heard this guy's testimony. A lot of people. You think a lot of people got saved? I bet. I bet because of that man being delivered by the Lord and going back and telling his story, many, many people found faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what? Your story advances the kingdom of God. You have a story. I have a story. We all have a story. We all have a story of deliverance. And your story is a story of life change. And it's an ever-changing story. Because <laughs> God is always changing us, isn't he? He doesn't stop. 
is progressive because God is always working. So we'll always have something to share. I like this part about what God is doing in our life because he's always doing new things and fresh things. He always is. I want you to think of how important your life is to others. Just number one, by giving it to the Lord and letting him bring life change. And then number two, you share that story with others. You know, you can argue with the Bible all day long, and people do. But you know there's one thing you can't argue with? A changed life. You can't argue with that. When someone's life has changed, that's it. Case closed. God has done his work. And the life has been changed. There's a song, right? I am a life that was changed. Remember that song? It's a line in the song. Can't think of the rest of it. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for serving the Lord. Remember that? We used to sing that here. Thank you for the Lord. I am a life that was changed. And we all know that. And we all have that. That's your greatest witnessing tool. You might say, well, I don't, I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know that much. Well, you can talk about your life. And you can talk about what God has done for you. That's all. He delivered you. He delivered you from a lot of things. You know how I know? Because he delivered me from a lot of things. <laughs> he delivers us all from a lot of things. And he's still delivering. Sure delivering me. I got more to go. Oh, God, keep working. Keep moving. It just, God, with me, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot more work to do. That's for sure with me. But that's okay. As long as he keeps on working. That's the key. Next time we're together next week, we're going to talk about another person Jesus met. You're familiar with this person. But that's okay. But this person is going to draw out another attribute of Jesus that we need to know. That we need to really, really embrace. Doreen said it's a blessing to hear God's word midday. Thank you, Doreen. You know, you guys build me up. Everybody that tunes in every day on Facebook and YouTube. and I know you're on the radio, and I can't tell who you are, but thank you. But those that are here, and surely in Malaysia, wow, surely. Let us know what's going on next week when you chime, chime in. Chime in. Let us know what's going on in Malaysia, how God is working out there. So everybody, have a great weekend. Don't forget, we're on the radio right here, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Okay? Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week for more of New Hope Radio.